in the biggest moment of the game right here. Gillespie to right. Almora back. He can't get there. morning everybody we are here on every dude's fantasy we are back for season two we couldn't be more excited fantasy football is over you may be wondering what we're going to be talking about you may be wondering what direction this show is going to go in and we got winter meetings we got st- we got hot stoves we're going baseball we're going to be talking baseball for you guys for the entire semester um not to mention we have a personnel change here on every dude's fantasy uh first i'd like to say thank you to um our good friend steven during max tans for the work they did for the show last semester it was an honor working with them um but we do have a new face and a new voice here on the show and we're honored to welcome Caden carpenter to the show Caden, say hello to everybody what's going on guys glad to join the club Awesome. So um, what we have for you today, obviously we're in between fantasy seasons right now. Baseball doesn't start for another few months, so it's going to be difficult to talk fantasy. Um, so we're going to rebrand a little bit. Um, we're still going to keep it you know, fantasy-focused, but until we get to that point in the season where we're ready to start making player predictions and all that good stuff, because we don't even know where players are at the moment. We've got players like Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, Nolan Arenado, guys like these who are huge fantasy assets to anybody's team, all first-round picks. Meanwhile, we don't even know what's they're going to be playing for. So we're going to run through a bunch of trade rumors because, my goodness, we could fill a whole hour with just trade rumors. And then we're going to go through a little preseason preview for all of you. We're going to uh, go through all of the divisions. We're going to talk teams. We're going to see, because we already had some big player moves. For example, we got Josh Donaldson with the Minnesota Twins now. That's already a huge home run hitting team. And, well, they just added Josh Donaldson, who hit 30 last year. 30 plus? Are you kidding me? That team's going to be dangerous. So, like, don't count out the AL Central. Um, but anyway, we're going to start, we're going to get into it. Uh, because I'm excited to talk about some of these players we got lined up for you. Three of which being Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, Nolan Arenado, and even Chris Bryant. I know he's not, uh, we don't have him in our schedule here, but Chris Bryant, the reason I say that is because there's a rumor going around of a blockbuster trade that the Cubs and the Rockies have been talking for just a straight up, I'm sure there's going to be some other prospects, you know, because obviously Chris Bryant's not Nolan Arenado, but the Rockies want to shed some of that payroll. But we're looking at a potential Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado trade. That would be crazy. Can you imagine seeing that notification up? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why Nolan Arenado is potentially going to be shipped, why they're doing that, uh, why Chris Bryant looks like he's on his way out. And by the way, I shouldn't mention, he just lost his grievance uh, lawsuit against the Cubs uh, because he believed they were keeping him down in the minors to uh, extend his contract for another year. That's something a lot of the players have been doing. That's something a lot of the players have been upset about. But we're going to jump right into it. I'm sick of talking about what we're going to be talking about. I just want to talk about it. At the top of the hour, we got Mookie Betts to the Dodgers rumors. Now, I have an interesting perspective here, and I th- we did it last semester, last season, where we talked about, we, I think we all came out and just said who we were fans of. I said I was a Patriots fan, Clay said he was an Eagles fan, Durst said he was a Giants fan. I think we should do it again, uh, just because fandom, it offers unique perspectives. Obviously, I'm going to have a different perspective on the Betts rumors. Um, so, you know, Red Sox fan, Boston, through and through, Clay. I am a Phillies fan, through and through, and I'd just like to say it's glad. 
glad to be back again here with Michael Seitz. And I also just want to say one thing. Happy birthday, Caden Carper. Thank oh, my gosh. How could I have forgotten? This Big is a, oh, right. oh, man. I feel terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, Caden. But, yeah. Uh, his first show on his birthday. Nothing better. Right, right. Perfect timing. Um, I'm usually a Pittsburgh fan through and through. However, I do have... I do come from a Philly fan background, so... Are you a Philly fan? Uh, uh, yeah. You could say that. So the time, but, so the entire time we're talking about baseball, you're gonna be. It's gonna be me versus you two. Yeah. All right. We're not even in the all right, NLAO. It doesn't really matter. We play each other for like three games a year. So I pay the most attention to Philly. All right. I'll, I'll okay. give you that. I'll give it that. Fair enough. But obviously, um, I have a Mookie Betts jersey. It's tough. You know, he won an MVP with us. He's been with us for maybe. Oh shoot, because he played three years with Ortiz. So he's been with us for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that we finally, you know. We, it's been a while since the Sox have like homegrown talent. They're not known for their farm system. And they currently have a pretty terrible farm system, which is why Mookie Betts looks like he's getting chopped. But what I think the Red Sox should do and what I think they are going to do are completely separate things. Um, I think we'll put my opinion to the side for right now, and I'll just say what I think is going to happen. What we're seeing here is there's either going to be a deal done with the Padres or the Dodgers. And the reason why the Red Sox are doing this, obviously, Mookie Betts is a generational talent. Um, and you hate to like see a guy like that go. But for the last two years, the Red Sox have come in over like... Um, over the uh, what was what's it, the collective bargaining tax or whatever collective what? bargaining agreement collective bargaining agreement so they've been over the max of oh I want to say it's two hundred twenty million dollars for player salary Somewhere in a single season mark, yeah. no pun the Red Sox have been over that mark for the past two years and when something like that happens they pay a luxury tax um, on everything else in the organization and it keeps increasing um, every year you're over that uh, collective bargaining tax so the Red Sox have paid that the last two years they're in line to pay a lot of money and luxury tax this year if they re-sign Mookie Betts, um, which is why they're gonna probably going to shop him. Um, and uh, if you ask me, honestly, the Red Sox are acting like they're a small market organization when the, you know they're a big market team, so I don't know why we're so concerned with the luxury tax, but John Henry wants to shed that luxury. He doesn't want to pay that luxury tax, so it's looking like Betts is on his way out, um, at least by the July 31st deadline. The Red Sox avoided arbitration and paid Betts. It was a record-breaking deal in arbitration. It was $27 million for this year uh, to keep him through this year if they were to do so. Obviously, we all think he's going to be traded by the July 31st deadline. And the two most likely suitors is obviously the Red Sox don't want to trade them inside the AL, so they're going to send them all the way out west to the NL West. And the two teams with the best farm systems, or two of the best farm systems in the league, are the Padres and the Dodgers. That's right. And, um, you know, there are a lot of prospects here that are very enticing to the Red Sox. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things where the Red Sox aren't going to be so hot for the next couple of years. But in three, four years, when these guys fully developed, whoever they're going to get in this deal, you know, the Red Sox could, you know, could be good again. Like, they already have, currently have a lot of guys that they need to focus on re-signing. Rafael Devers just had a career year. I mean, he had 200 hits last year. No one saw that coming out of him. He's improved defensively. They just signed Xander Borgards to a huge extension. That's a lot of money. Uh, Chris Sale's already on a huge contract. So, Mookie bets it is. And, you know, um, it's a a shame for most Red Sox fans. But, again, like I said, um, it looks like it's going to be the Dodgers or the Padres. And these farm systems are interesting. Clay, do you want to speak about some of these farm systems and who the Dodgers and the Padres could potentially um, give for a deal here? Because there's a guy on the Padres who I would really want, but I know we're not going to get. Well... 
for the Dodgers, I mean, they obviously they have a great farm system, but there's a lot of talk about Will Myers as being one of the <laughs> first guys to get. But his war it. is a negative. And I mean, negative you can't like you sure. can't like say like, oh, we'll give you Will Myers and a couple like fifties and sixties like overall prospects. Like, come on, that's that that doesn't equal Mookie Betts. I know you were saying that yesterday, but it really doesn't. Um, but I would. Uh, meanwhile. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who I really want from the yeah, Padres. Who do you want? I don't know this one. And it's not going to happen because he's the number one ranked pitching prospect. I think he's the number four, uh, number four ranked prospect in MLB's top 100 prospect list. It's Mackenzie Gore, hard-throwing left-handed pitcher. Um, dude's an absolute stud. He's going to be a freak in the major someday. There's no doubt about that. But the Padres have already come out and said, and they've made it known to the Red Sox, that they do not want to trade either of their top two pitching prospects, one being Mackenzie Gore and the other being... Don't know why I can't remember it right now off the top of my head, but they've already come out and said they're not going to trade those two uh, top pitching prospects. Now, from my point of view and my perspective, Mookie Betts is a dude that just won a 2018 MVP, and you're concerned with hanging on to like a number one and number two pitching prospect, the number two being like the 30th ranked prospect, MLB's top 100. You're telling me you're not willing to give that up for Mookie Betts? Arguably a top three position player in the league. If you ask me, that's greedy. too. Yeah. yeah. If you ask me, that's greedy. Katie, maybe you want to talk about what we've seen from Mookie Betts and just you know what he's done over the last few years because it is truly remarkable. Well, here's an interesting statistic that I um, caught on ESPN last night. It was Betts hitting uh, his all his hitting stats at Fenway Park opposed to hitting on the road. Mm. Um, he is a much better at batting average. He's got three nineteen opposed to two eighty five on the road. And he has 41 more doubles. And you can thank that because of the green monster. Yep, monster. So when you play in a ballpark such as L.A. or San Diego where it's you know a lot harder to hit home runs and get those doubles, it could you know fluctuate his statistics. So that'll be interesting there. And you also got to draw on the question, you know, what's David Price's status? Because he's still owed exactly 32, yeah, he's still owed $32 million over the next um, three seasons. Well, $32 million a year over the next three uh-huh. seasons, rather. It's a huge contract. Yeah. Yeah, and if he is a part of this deal, then the Sox would need to grant him some down payment and his salary since he's due. So that's another. And I mean, I can in your shoes, Mike. It's a very tough situation as a Red Sox fan because there are a lot of options here, and you hate seeing, you know, the departure of one of your best, if not your best player, mm-hmm. over the past four or five seasons. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's a really, really uh, rigorous situation for you. Yeah, it's a tough situation from our point of view because you look at what the Red Sox are trying to do, and they've kind of put themselves behind the eight ball. What Heim Bloom, the GM for the Red Sox, is doing right now, he's kind of pitting the Dodgers and the Padres against each other. kind Because, you know, it's turning into a sweepstakes between these two teams. He's kind of pitting this one against the other, saying, like, oh, we're not really talking to the Dodgers right now when he's talking to the Padres, and oh, we're not really talking to the Padres right now. Talks have stalled. That's kind of what he's doing. That's the only card he really has to play. Unfortunately, both teams probably know that the Red Sox are desperate to get under that luxury tax. Mm-hmm. I wish John Henry hadn't made it so known that we are that desperate to avoid the luxury tax simply because if you ask me we don't need to boston's a big market team and i think we're able to make that money back in other ways whether it be ticket sales or you know anything really um for income and john henry's part of the nesson sports group and he owns the nesson sports group i should say and involved in the nesson sports group is you know liverpool fc across the pond in england who he's just shipping out billions of dollars to every year and it's hard to it's hard to choke down as red sox fans knowing that we can't come in like 
twenty million dollars over the luxury tax and just pay the luxury tax, like it really hurts. But here's the thing we were talking about the other night. Does Betts want to stay? That was a great point I was brought up the other night because obviously Betts enters free agency um, after the tw- after the season in 2021. So if he were to hit free agency, and we were talking about this, obviously Mookie Betts is not Mike Trout. Nobody is Mike Trout. But the reason Mike Trout didn't get $500 million a deal is because he didn't go on the open market. He wanted to right. sign in L.A., and he was able to take a deal, and he was able to work out, you know, obviously the biggest contract in MLB history, but he was able to work out that deal um, so that both parties were happy. If Mookie Betts, who is, he's under Scott Boras, right? Right. Scott Boras has a rule. He says, I do not sign extensions. If you sign with me, we go into free agency because that's where we make the money. And we saw it with Mike Trout. Mike Trout signed an extension. Dude, can you imagine what Mike Trout would have made if he hit the open market? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mookie Betts hits the open market. He's going to get a bigger contract than Trout. Now, that's not to say he's better than Trout. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what the open market is. And that's what Mookie Betts is valued at. Um, the problem being... The Red Sox don't have a prayer of extending Mookie Betts because over the past three seasons, the Red Sox have tried. Believe me, they've tried. And every single time, there has been a $100 million gap between what the Red Sox were willing to give and what Mookie Betts was willing to take. And you simply don't overcome a $100 million gap when you're talking contract extension negotiations. It doesn't happen. Like, that's huge. So it's, you know, what it comes down to is should the Reds, uh, the Mookie Betts is going to be traded. I don't think we'll have a chance to see him in free agency. When he does hit free agency, it'll be after he's on a team with the Padres or the Dodgers. When he does hit free agency, he's going to make a ton of money. We know that. But the Red Sox are just at that point where they've given up on contract negotiations and they're just willing to say, we have a depleted farm system. We need that young talent. Let's trade him to a team out west where we're going to play him maybe once a year, maybe not even play him at all that year. And, you know, it just ends up being like, all right, out of sight, out of mind. Thank you for your time here. We appreciate what you've done. We simply don't have the money to pay you what you want and it's too bad uh, because obviously he's a fan favorite he's like a heck of a talent and but as far as him wanting to stay in Boston goes if miraculously the Red Sox don't train him he hits free agency in 2021 I think obviously Scott Boras has that rule we don't sign extensions if he were to go into free agency the odds that the Red Sox still resign him they diminish a lot yes they do diminish a lot but you know, like I'm, I fully believe that Mookie Betts loves Boston. Um, but Boston is not exactly, you know, one of those free agent destinations that's exactly enticing. It's cold. Um, you don't really have warm weather to play in until June. Um, but, you know, they're a team that's always usually there and they're competitive. They play in a great division, but it's not San Diego. It's not L.A. Uh, the fans are rough. You go to L.A., and like, they've been a successful team. It's warm. Their fans are easygoing. It's an easy place to play. Where do you think? I mean, you know, it's just there's a big difference between San Diego, L.A., and Boston. Um, whether he likes it here or not currently, I think he sees, you know, the other side, and he sees what his life could be, and he's thinking, oh, man. Because like, look at what Manny Machado did. 
Do you guys think? I, I honestly think when Manny Machado took his contract, what was it? Ten years, three uh, hundred million dollars. It was the first three hundred million dollar uh, contract no, it was last year. Like two eighty. Oh really? He didn't hit. Oh, because Harper close. was the first yeah. three hundred. Yes. Then you guys, okay, up. because Machado and Harper were huge free agents, and like this really started the whole, Trent. you know, massive contract and free agency. I mean, these were the guys along with Mike Trout. Who are really going to set the standard over the next 10, 20 years of what free agents are going to make? And I really thought Machado had a chance to hit 300 million. I really thought he had a chance to sign with a good team. I mean, there were talks he was going to the Yankees. But he decided to go to San Diego, make his money, maybe San Diego. And I, I give Manny Machado credit. I'll never give Manny Machado credit, but he made a decision. When he made his decision, I said, all right, the dude wants to lose for the next 10 years. He wants to make his money and he wants to live in San Diego. You know what? Good for him. Well, He's now San Diego money. Well, now San Diego, I mean, oh, my gosh and it, it and makes with, me sick with uh, Tatis and it makes me sick because I if Manny Machado was going to do that I know that should they land bets he's going to be living the life out there and everyone knows coming from a Red Sox point of view we do not like Manny Machado <laughs> Dustin Pedroia just suffered another setback in his comeback from knee surgery which he had three years ago from that Manny Machado slide we don't like Manny Machado whatsoever and uh, seeing everything work out so perfectly for him after what he was able to achieve in free agency it makes us sick but getting back to my original point when he didn't sign for 300 million he could have taken more money somewhere else in new york per se but he wanted to sign in san diego he knew probably knew he wanted to sign in san diego he wanted to go to a nice place somewhere it was warm and that brings it back to my point that might be a place that's you know enticing for mookie bets to go if they were if he was able to hit free agency and of course, the Yankees are always a threat in free agency. Maybe even the Phillies would contend for bets in free agency if you there were to were hit the open market a while in 2021. Ago, nothing's really happened. Like, there's been no reports about what the Phillies would give anything. I don't think there's been much talks between it. I think somebody you do have to watch out for from the Padres' perspective that they could deal is their uh, young star catcher in the minors, uh, Luis Camposano. Yeah. He hit 325, 396, 509, and at an age of 20, uh, winning co MVP honors in the California League. So that could be a big name you guys could get back. Because um, you don't have a big star catcher, but that would help. Yeah, he's ranked 86 on um, MLB's top 100 prospects list. The only reason, there's a lot of talks about a catcher. And the Dodgers have a catcher, too, who I'll get you that name in a second. But the reason why I think catchers are such an interesting thing for the Red Sox right now is because the Red Sox really like Christian Vasquez, who's behind the dish for the Red Sox currently. Big year. No, he did have a big year. I have not checked his contract, but he hit some, like, 20, 25 home runs. Huge for a catcher. He's an incredible defensive catcher. If you look at his metrics, he's picking guys off left and right. Um, But it's interesting to see the Red Sox shopping so like like really we're looking for a catcher it kind of caught everyone off guard to say the least but I'm, I'm sorry I'm still I'm still searching for that Dodgers catcher who I was thinking about if you would trade with the Dodgers how would you feel Kybert about Ruiz I'm sorry the name for the Dodgers was Kybert Ruiz yeah if you would trade with the if they would trade with the Dodgers how would you feel about Alex Verdugo in the mix I'm glad you brought it up because I just looked at that and the thing I feel about Alex Verdugo is you know it's funny he came up last year he played 60 games maybe no last year he played a full season really yeah oh my apologies um but either way Alex Verdugo is kind of a fun player to watch played 106 I I watched him a little bit and do you have his stats up right now yeah he he uh <clears throat> he hit 294, two home or not two home runs, twelve home runs, forty four RBIs, uh, twenty six walks. His on base percentage was three forty two, slugging four seventy five, eight seventeen OPS. Let me remind you guys, 
you guys might be familiar with, this is the dude who makes contact with just about anything. He's like in uh, Vladimir Guerrero in that sense. He'll swing at anything, and he'll make contact with anything, and chances are he'll hit it hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not Mookie Betts, but he's he's very serviceable in the outfield. He's uh, I think his defensive metrics are also very, very good. Um, he has the potential, if he develops, to be a gold glove winner. I, gold glove winner is a stretch, but... He'd be a nice consolation prize. Um, I think what the Red Sox really want to do is if they're looking for somebody, if they really want to trade with these two farm systems, um, the best players in these farm systems are pitchers. Dustin May for the Dodgers. We saw him come up last year, second coming of Thor, and obviously Mackenzie Gore for the Padres. Um, the Red Sox are probably going to ship David Price in whatever deal they try to make, or at least they're going to try. Because if they were to ship David Price and Mookie Betts in the same deal, all of a sudden there's $60 million under um, that collective bargaining tax. And they're cleared a lot of room <coughs> to sign who every Red Sox fan is begging the Red Sox to sign. That would be enough money to sign Brock Holt. Fan favorite for the Red Sox. Um, that would be huge. That would keep a lot of... And I might always say this. The Red Sox trading Mookie Betts, a lot of fans are going to be irritated because a lot of fans are going to be like, oh, pay the man. Everybody's saying, pay the man. Well, the, at the end of the day, the Red Sox have made a financial decision that they don't want to pay the man. We have to get over that. Um... But it's not. It would be very encouraging for the Red Sox fan base to see the Red Sox resign this guy Brock Holt. I don't know if you guys like Brock Holt's one of those guys in the Red Sox organization who, if you're not a Red Sox fan, you don't really know who he is. Um, for reference, he's the guy that hit for the cycle in um, the 2018 ALDS against the Yankees. He's one of those guys who he can play any position on the field. I think he's played every position on the field other than pitcher and catcher <laughs> um, over the past like two years. He's, he's just one of those great guys. He's always in energy. He's always great in like pinch hit situations. He's like a manager's dream. Oh my gosh, we have to talk about managers, don't we? That yeah. just crossed my mind. We have to talk about managers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, he's one of those guys where. You know he's like, he, he'll be great to resign if the Red Sox clear enough cap space. But you brought come, you brought up the was point. He, was he injured ago. a lot last year? He, he has he some had, injuries. Holt, he played eighty seven games. He doesn't start a lot of games. Okay. Um, the reason he starts eighty seven games is not because you know he's hurt most of the time. It's simply because um, you know he's a righty lefty matchup that you like to play. Um, you can hit from both sides of the plate. Actually, I think most most recently he's been hitting strictly from the left side of the plate. Um, but, you know, he can play just about anywhere. If someone gets hurt, he's a great fill-in. And, you know, he's somebody you can put at the bottom of the order to get on for the top of the lineup. He's scrappy. He'll work his way on base. He'll bust out infield hits. He's just one of those great baseball players you love to see. He's not exactly following the trend of guys hitting home runs, and that's the trend we've seen in the MLB. No, he had three last year. <laughs> yes. But no Red Sox fan would ever tell you that they care that he only had three home runs last year, and it's amazing. Um, but, you know, he's one of those throwback players who, you know, is, is rejuvenating for a lot of fan bases to see. You know, you don't get to see that a lot anymore because you've got guys like the Stantons and the Judges and the Harpers and all of these guys who hit mammoth home runs, and that's what fans want to see these days. But he's just one of those guys who, you know, is kind of a turn-back-the-clock player. <laughs> I want to get back into the Dodgers' top prospects. Um, the catcher thing is interesting to me. There's Kyber Ruiz, and then there's um, and then there's the uh, Padres catcher. I can't remember their names yet because you know they're only prospects. I'll get them in my head eventually as I study these lists and I work out the trade that I want the Red Sox to do. Um, but it's already been made clear that the Dodgers don't want to trade Dustin May. It's already been made clear that the Padres don't want to trade Mackenzie Gore. 
and that really stings as a Red Sox fan. And this is why I said yesterday when we did our own podcast um, off air, which maybe I'll shout out at the end of the end of the show today. The Red Sox are in position, and this might be the final thought I leave us with before we move on um, to some other uh, big trade rumors. The Red Sox are in position to get absolutely lowballed by either one of these teams and I'm dreading the notification where it says Red Sox trade Mookie bets for a guy like I'm looking at the Dodgers prospect list Tony <coughs> Gonsolin right-handed pitcher last year had a 435 ERA in the minors not even listed on the top 100 prospect list he's the sixth best prospect in the Dodgers organization and I'm just dreading dreading that notification because I know the Red Sox are I really think the Red Sox are close to just saying we don't want I think they're so desperate to not pay this luxury tax that they'll do something like this and it scares the crap out of me maybe we get a nice constellation with Kyber Ruiz maybe we get that catcher that for some reason we're so interested in um, but we're not going to get that one two top prospect on the ESPN's top 30 prospects I don't think that these teams are going to budge on those guys they love their farm systems that much this is Mookie Betts and he is worth that but I'm getting really nervous with the way these talks have progressed the other thing too is you got to think about the one of these teams is going to have to eat up his contract they're going to have to pay him that 27 million. That's a lot. It is and a lot that's a lot to year. think about because they have to also consider we're trying to get, we're trying to get him, but we have to give up a decent package and eat that big contract and sign him for a lot. I don't know. Probably which is why might no, have to Will give Myers you less is, too. Which is why Will Myers is um so that's, which is why the Padres really want to get Will Myers out of there because he is a big contract. Mm-hmm. You remember 3 4 years ago when Will Myers was going off mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Oh, Will Myers, watch out for this dude. He's going to be he's going to be that dude someday." And Came, became and he's average Joe. Not, not even average. He's worse than average. He's <laughs> he now, became he what his, his name team. is, Will Myers. He loses <laughs> his team games. He doesn't win. Yeah. He loses his team games uh, per war stats. But, I mean, that's what I think is going to end up happening, unfortunately. And I, I'm really, really scared. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this deal doesn't exactly get done. Until the July 31st deadline. I'd love to see Mookie in a Red Sox uniform on opening day. I'd love to see the Sox kind of take it up to the deadline. The Sox are, you know, the Dodgers and the Padres can force their hands because they know how desperate we are to come in under the luxury tax. But the Red Sox can afford for right now to stay patient. They can see what happens in the market. They can wait to see what happens with Francisco Lindor, what happens with Nolan Arenado, um, what those teams do, and they can wait to see sort of what Betts is worth right now. Um, obviously, we know he could be worth a five hundred dollar contract, a five hundred million dollar contract if he were to hit free agency in a year. Especially since the Dodgers have a nose in both those guys as well, especially yeah. Lindor. That's a great that. segue, um, Kaden. Thanks for bringing that up. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about Francisco Lindor because he's one of those guys. And it's again, it's, it's big market team. No, it's big market teams acting as if they're small market teams wanting to come in and avoid paying that luxury tax for who knows why. And Francisco Lindor is one of those guys who's you know going to get the short end of the stick. And he's he's already said he wants to stay in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He wants to be in Cleveland, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, at the All Star like game last year, he expressed his gratitude to him. He and he was talking. He's like, "Oh, I love this place, and I love to go eat here. I love to do that." The dude just loves Cleveland. I don't know why. 
but he does. <laughs> <laughs> he just does. I've never been. I can't speak on I've never been to Cleveland. Uh, they got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's about all I know about them. They've got a terrible football team. They've got a good baseball team. They had LeBron for a few years. That's about all I know about Cleveland. So I'm not going to speak on behalf of Cleveland and say it's a great town or it's a bad town. But Francis Hardor <laughs> wants to be there. So uh, why they're so anxious to trade him, I don't know. Kaden, maybe you want to talk about what could happen. Yeah, and you're talking about one of the most consistent shortstops in the game. I mean, he's been a four straight all-star appearances. Um, there have been recent spec- speculations suggesting that the Dodgers um, are wanting to pick him up. The possibility would uh, obviously tie in uh, top Dodger prospect Gavin Lux, who's a shortstop. Yet he wouldn't be a good fit in Cleveland, apparently. Nor does up. Yeah, um, he's, yeah. I also I heard, that up. Right. And I also heard rumors about Cincinnati. They've been maneuvering around. They've huh. been really uh, trade-heavy this offseason, obviously, with the recent acquisitions of Nick Castellanos from the Cubs and Wade Miley from the Astros. Um, and then another team, you know, they're in slight need of a shortstop uh, with the recent underperformance from Freddie Galvis, who they picked up from uh, Philadelphia. But like you said, uh, Lindor, he's more than likely to stay put in Cleveland because that's where he wants to be, however. Um, trades are trades, and sometimes you can't help that. Yeah, um, it's too bad. You kind of wonder when all these trades are being discussed. Like, do he, is there does he hold any ill will? Cincinnati is a name that I had. I'm, thank you for bringing up Cincinnati because they're a team who currently. You look what they did last year with Trevor Bauer. Um, they went out and got Trevor Bauer, and that's an interesting point to talk about with the Indians too. I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, they did Puig. Remember that whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they add a guy like Nicholas Castellanos. They've got young talent, Scooter Jeanette, great second baseman. I'm not sure they need to go do Gavin Lux because they have a shortstop last year who was balling out. Somebody help me out. Cincinnati? Yeah. Um, well, they picked up Gavis at the mid-season point. I, I, I'm thinking maybe he got hurt or something like that. Yeah, thinking about he would have got, up. No, no, it's a third baseman. Clay, third baseman for the Cincinnati. If you could get on that and give me a name um, in just a little bit here, but let's not forget about oh my gosh, um, the dude who was just hitting a home run every other game, every game towards the end of last year for Cincinnati, who sort of just oh, had Suarez. That. Yeah, Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, Suarez. He is a dude that hit 45 home runs last year. And they've got him over the corner. All of a sudden, the Reds turn into a team where if Trevor Bauer can sort of start to perform to expectations, um, they can have a really good number one. And next thing you know, you've got a lineup that's looking pretty good. Um, you can slide Joey Votto, Joey Votto down to like but six. I, he's, he's not the same as what he's he not the same as what he was. But listen, he can still bat two eighty. Um, obviously, you're not going to get the same level of production from him. But you add guys like this, like Nicholas Castellanos. All of a sudden, if you add a Francisco Lindor, Joey Votto doesn't need to be what he was. No. Um, but the, the most interesting thing to me is why the Indians are doing this because last two in 2017 they signed Jose Ramirez to a big extension with options in 2022 and 2023, and they're paying him about $20 million a year, I want to say. The last time I checked up on his contract, it was a while ago. I don't think it's a massive contract because they sort of signed him to that extension before he really, really started to produce. He might be, like, and obviously we saw what happened in the first half of the year with him last year, and he wasn't anything great, but he's still one of those, he's still that guy. He's that guy that they really, really love. He's the heart of their lineup. Lindor is obviously the fan favorite, but Jose Ramirez is the guy who can steal 30 bases and hit 30 home runs. He's ridiculous, and he can still hit for a high average. He's the guy they were concerned with extending. They did that. They didn't pay him as much money as we thought they might need to. They got a great deal there. They ship out Trevor Bauer and Yasiel Puig, clears cap space. So why... 
Do they think they need to trade Francisco Lindor here? They're good on money. I th- at least I think. No, yeah, they 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 avoided arbitration with him. Um, uh, they agreed to seventeen point five for this year. So I mean, it's not a lot. It is not a lot. That's a good deal. It's, it's somewhat to a degree. I mean, I don't know why they want to trade him for um, a year. Frankie Lindor, y'all pay yeah. seventeen million for that. Of course. Uh, I mean, he's the best shortstop in the league. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to keep him. I don't know what their direction they think they're going in, to be honest. I, I really can't figure out Cleveland at the moment. Because, like, like they're they're still going to be a playoff team. They can still win the Central. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. If like, not, solid wild card spot. So. I don't know if that, how much. I feel like if they lose Lindor, how much is that going to diminish their chances of winning that? If, That's that, going to be fun to talk about because later in the show, I want to go through every division, pick our division winners, see where teams stack up currently. We're going to do that preseason preview, and you've got a team like the Twins. <laughs> Oh. All they've done over the past two years dingers. is rise and rise and rise. They led the league in dingers last and year. And they had Josh Donaldson. And they had Josh Donaldson. Yeah. And they had Josh Donaldson for four years. He's thirty. Like he's like thirty-two. But what? Or thirty-four. Uh, clearly, I mean, how many home runs did he hit last year? Okay, obviously 35. he was out. Okay, so Josh Donaldson's an interesting character because he's one of those guys who gets hurt in his late twenties. He's banged up for a few years. He's not able to piece together huge seasons. He moves to a team like the Braves. It looks like his career is slowly starting. He's going to turn into one of those guys who's just moving around. He's going to be serviceable. Everyone thinks they can get a great deal on him, get huge production. And boy, did the Braves hit! Boy, did they hit! They got huge production out of him, and they didn't want to resign. They didn't want to sign him again. And here come the Twins offering him a four-year contract. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. To think about the That's Braves, awesome too. for Donaldson. Do you know how much that contract they can was finally, that they got him? How much? Five million. They got him for five million. Thirty-five home runs for five million dollars. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's insane. <laughs> We're gonna rename the show to "Are You Kidding Me?" Because what's going on in the MLB right now is just blowing my mind. I love the hot. The stove is hot right now. And two days ago, it was lukewarm. It was lukewarm. <laughs> but uh, we would have you convinced that players are flying left and right. I mean, we really just got some huge names that are ready to move. And I was looking at something interesting earlier today. In 2010, I mean, in the last decade, who are the biggest names to move? Right, Paul Goldschmidt. Go all the way back, Adrian Gonzalez. Um, you got huge other deals like um, who was another huge deal? Donaldson when he went from um, uh, the Athletics to the uh, to Toronto to the Toronto, and all of a sudden it's 2020. It's been a month, and we're talking about Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, Chris Bryant, and Francisco Lindor all getting shipped in the first six months of this decade. I'm loving baseball right now. I'm loving baseball right now. And I love stuff. that. I love that what you just said, because I'm going to transition over here to the Bryant Arenado situation, cool. which scares the living daylights out of me. <laughs> either one of them, it could either just be a straight up one for one, which I don't know why uh, uh, there'd be Chicago would do that. There's a lot. Yeah. If you're the Cubs or excuse me, if you're the Rockies and you're trading Arenado, you don't want this to be a one to one situation. No, that's not something you want to be. And it kind of came out of nowhere that the Rockies were trying to trade Arenado. It's the same situation as with Lindor. Like, why? Why? Why would you do it? It makes no sense. The two, the the Rockies and Arenado have kind of been not at each other's throats, but Arenado has not been happy with the Rockies in recent years. They signed him to arbitration. They signed him to avoid arbitration for the one year, right? Correct. Yeah. Did they not offer him an extension? Uh, well, he still has a seven-year, two hundred thirty million dollars. Uh, yeah, two hundred thirty million dollars. When left. is that up? 
to fulfill? Um, not exactly sure. That could probably oh, well, obviously that, that might be up, but that's going to be up in twenty twenty one if they sign if they avoid arbitration and sign him to a one year. He's probably thinking if you're Arenado, you're looking at you've won a Gold Glove at third base for the past what five years, maybe even <laughs> six years, just absolutely dominating the position, and everyone wants to talk about oh you know it's the Rockies sort of oh like, yeah last year inflation. last year he signed an eight year. 255 mil, mil contract extension. With the Rockies? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I was saying... Why did we have that wrong? No, that's why I was saying, I don't know why they're wanting to do this. He doesn't want to leave. Like, they still have a chance to be a great team. I don't, they just fell off with their pitching last year. Like, you, you think about it. There's still him, Trevor Story, Justin Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Or, uh, Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Wrong. Like a career with, like, three ten hitter. <laughs> wrong sport. Don't get um, Charlie Blackman, <laughs> one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, I mean, they're, they're still a good team. They, can, they still have the potential to be a great team. And, I mean, I don't know why they want to trade him unless they want to think they can get better all around with their pitching or maybe some other holes that they need to fill and just lose the best third baseman there is in the league. But, to me, doing a one-to-one would just be stupid. Um but the the other thing that scares me is when Ken Rosenthal says something's going to happen or thinks something's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Something happens. This is what I'm scared of. The just creeping me out. One of them could end up in the NL East, and the best per- pray the, the, Chris Bryant. the best percentage is most likely the Braves. You know why? Because they but- are not going to for either of their contracts. Especially for Bryant paying at eighteen point six, or even Arnado's thirty five, it's not going to put the Braves over over that luxury tax. <laughs> it would put the Mets, the Phillies, and the Nationals over, but it would not put the Braves. <laughs> Interesting, because their entire team is so freaking young with uh-huh. Acuna, Acuna, Albies, Albies, and Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Their contracts aren't a lot. Freeman's it is, but they're both. They don't have a lot of big pitching names. But they like, do struggle to pitch. But holy crap! Why I don't like I have like I'm speechless. Like I don't know what even to say. Like if if Arenado goes to the Braves, I might as well just say throw in the towel for this year for the Phillies. I think the Mets would just say like, oh crap. So let me ask you an interesting question. The only team I would think that that wouldn't would be the Nationals because be like, they'd be all high up on high up on their high horse because of the World Series. They lose Rendon. Yeah, I was gonna say the departure of Anthony Rendon. Yeah, let me ask you a question, because obviously what scares the crap out of me is Arenado to the Yankees. No, which if you guys remember in free agency when he entered free agency a year ago or two years ago, the whole thing was like for some reason there were like rumors that were somewhat supported of the Yankees signing Arenado, and at that point I just would have been like. Oh my God, that that would have been worst case scenario for someone well, like us. Well, the Yankees us. probably would have been able to win the World Series last year if they had if they had, they had Arenado. Even ask, if the Astros were cheating. But the question I still want to ask you is, what package would you put together from the Phillies' perspective to get Arenado? From the Phillies' perspective to get Arenado, uh, that would take um, the kitchen. Thing? That would be the kitchen sink. Um, so let's look at this. You're gonna have to give up some pitching because they don't have much pitching. So you're gonna have to give up some decent pitching prospects that you have, and I know we have a kid down there that can throw a hundred. I don't. I think he's a reliever or a closer. You would have to throw in Hoskins, which I don't care. I'd be fine with that. And he was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. He was awful. Played well under his expectations. And I think you might have to throw in Adam Hazley into the deal. And is uh, he's, he's supposed to be our starter this year for center? I don't know why. Um, but they're gonna platoon uh, Jay Bruce and. 
McCutcheon most likely, so Hazley's going to be the center fielder. And then we have the top third baseman prospect in the country, which I do not want them to trade. But if you're going to trade for a third baseman, you're probably going to have to trade Alec Baum, who's been the best third baseman in the country in the minor leagues. And I think that's a big thing. Not who's been the best third baseman in the country in the major leagues. Exactly. You'd be willing to do that. You're talking about a guy who's finished top. I would be willing to do that. MVP race each of the past five seasons. Yeah. And I don't want to hear any of that. Like Rocky, like the uh, course field. Uh, do they call it a curse? Like what's it called? The course field, like stat inflation, with the high <laughs> altitude where balls find out of the park. No, but that's why like, nothing nothing affects that when you when you're fielding ground balls at third base. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, <sighs> Kidding, I want to ask you. I think I no, here one one more thing. I think if they go with Bryant, I think they can maybe avoid giving away Alec Baum. But I think if they go Arnado, they're gonna have to let him go, mm. and which would kill me. Kid, what I do want to ask you, um, also because today I found out that you were a Phillies fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Clay's talking about pitching over here, and obviously the Rockies have struggled with pitching for a while. I'm looking at a Phillies ace, Clay. You might get mad at me for suggesting this, but he's somebody last year who tossed. I'm trying to find his. He, Last year for the Phillies, he F1? tossed an ERA of 387. Clay, let me. Let, I'm, I want to see if actually you two can guess whose stats these were from last year. Last year, the record was 12 and seven, an ERA an ERA of 387. 200 innings pitched, over 200 innings pitched, he gave up 176 hits, 87 earned runs, 27 home runs, which is a good number. Um, walk to. Cheating. <laughs> Walk to strikeout ratio. <laughs> oh, Caden, come on, let's is be honest. Um, let me find out. His, let me let me see how many strikeouts he had. Um, dude, I'm on Baseball Reference. I'm sorry. Like for some reason, I can't find how many strikeouts he had. Yeah, last they're year. they're organized. Some of the things you have to look out in Baseball Reference or any of the references, it's like a little odd. I guess I'm not going to find the strikeouts, but can you guys guess who it was? Is it Eflin? No, I say Ariadne. That was my. It's Aaron Noah. Oh, oh, oh! Geez. I mean, they're not going to trade Aaron Nola. <laughs> in 2018, he had an ERA of 2.37, 212 innings pitched. He had a record of seven and six. Um, was an All Star. Finished third in Cy Young voting. Finished 13th in MVP voting. Seven and six doesn't matter to me. 17 and six. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> 17 and six is a big is a bigger number. He had 17 wins, and then you leap to 2019 he goes to 12 and 7 ERA goes up by one and a half runs if the Rockies were to offer you I'm not even like straight it wouldn't be straight up they would like the Phillies wouldn't do Aaron Nola for Nolan Arenado straight up but Aaron Nola and maybe a few prospects it doesn't have to be the third baseman you're talking about but somebody far down the list maybe like a 70 and an 80 on the top 100 prospect list you'd do that no I wouldn't like that, man. No. That's the ace. Come on. That's, that's the not, ace, man. That's not Come even me being, no, no, no. That's not even me being a, from a bias perspective. Like, there was this dude you got throwing 100 in the farm system. I said he's like a relief pitcher. I didn't look oh. all into him. I saw an article, and I kind of half read it. It's not like, okay, if you trade Aaron Nola for Arenado and for a few picks, you're left with Zach Wheeler being your best pitcher. Eflin, I'm still not sold on him. You thought these numbers Ariad- were Zach Eflin's. Ariad- yeah. I didn't hear the record. Twelve and seven. Okay, I didn't. I didn't hear the record. You Eflin thought it was Arietta. You trade Arietta for Nolan Arenado. You trade Zach Eflin for Arenado. You thought those were those numbers. You didn't think these were. Aaron I didn't Nola's hear the numbers. record. I didn't know Aaron Nola's record. I knew he had an ERA that was less. 
But, I mean, he still had a great second half. His first half of the year was bad. The second half of the year was good. And a lot of the first half stuff, too, he didn't get a lot of run support as much as he used to. And I think that if you're going to bail on Aaron Nola after one year of a slight drop-off, you're crazy. I'm not going to say, like, I wouldn't say it's bailing. I would say it's trading for Nolan Aaron Nola. Then that means your ace is Zach Wheeler, and I'm not ready to for that yet. Because Aaron Nola is a better pitcher than Zach Wheeler. And Zach Wheeler is your number two. Yeah, for sure. And you're left with Arietta and... Eflin. Eflin. As your best pitchers. And right now, I'm not willing to do that, especially with Arietta's injury history. Um, again, last year, dealing with that bone spur. I think Arietta should just retire already, but that's beside the point. He's not going to retire. He's he's not even going to retire after he's with the Phillies. He's going to go somewhere else. But he's on his last year of his deal. I'm just surprised he wasn't traded for a minimal package at all. Um, but, <sighs> no, I would not trade Aaron Nola for Nola Arenado. Baseball Reference does a really cool thing that I haven't seen in the past, but what I'm seeing now is that they can project player stats for the 2020 season. Here's Aaron Nola's projected stats. He's, I, I must say, like I, I'll apologize because he's only 27. He's exactly. very young. Exactly. And I, I, like, I'm not sorry for suggesting with that the no, Phillies should trade no, for Nolan Arenado. No injury Nolan Arenado is Nolan Arenado. This is we're still talking about Nolan Arenado here, but he's projected next year to go 12 and seven, ERA of 350. 182 innings pitched, um, give up 22 home runs, uh, have 200 strikeouts, to be fair. Um, it's a strikeout-to-walk ratio of about 2.5 to 1. Would you trade 12-7, and 7, a 3-5 ERA, and 200 strikeouts, to be fair, for Nolan Arenado? Forget the name is Aaron Noah. Would you trade 12-7 and 7 and a 3-5 ERA for Nolan Arenado? Well... That's just projections. Yeah, <laughs> it's still Aaron, it's still Aaron Nola though. Like that's a, you can't just say don't forget the name. You can't because it's like Aaron Nola was a Cy Young was a Cy Young nomination two years ago. Yeah, and last year just had a had a shaky first half, and then he was back to his old self in the second half. I, you just can't you can you just can't throw out the numbers and be like that. Right, I say in this case, the numbers game be a lot. I mean, obviously, it's, it's uh, this is out of the reality perspective, but a year from now, it'll be a lot. Easier to predict. Yeah, so that's why I literally just looked at my phone and said, okay, it's February 1st, 2020, 9.44 on a Saturday. February 1st, 2021, I want all the three of us back in this room talking about, (laughs) let's see, what did Aaron Nola do in the 2020 season? What did Arenado do in the 2020 season? And, you know, we'll see if it would have been worth doing. But I'm just saying we can't predict that yet. So The other thing is you're literally left with Zach Wheeler. You have nothing else to pitch. Didn't Zach Wheeler get offered like like five years, a hundred million? No, what, what's I know. the contract? His contract, it's yeah, huge. I know. No, I know. The Phillies obviously value him. Yeah, I know. But who that, else do you have? You need two. Want you need at least two great pitchers. At least close five to years, one hundred eighteen million dollars. He's getting about, especially with the lack of bullpen guaranteed. they have. You need guys to go deep into the games. And that's not what Arietta is. That's not what Eflin is. On 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 a consistent level, that's not what Eflin is. I've seen him do great things before, but I've never seen him consistently do it. He could have a great eight inning game, want like three hits, no runs, like eight strikeouts. But then the next outing, I see him go five innings, four unearned or four earned, excuse me, with like three strikeouts. I mean, Eflin's not consistent. I don't. <laughs> Wheeler's injury history still scares me, which is why I think we might have paid too much. 
You're paying about twenty four million a year. When for he's reference. healthy, he's a great pitcher. When he's not, he's not. He's he's a little average, maybe below average. What do you? Arietta is Arietta, and then I'm not sure who they're going to use there for their fourth starter right now. We have Drew Smiley still, and he's like a basic fifth. Um, um, excuse me, <laughs> fifth in the rotation guy. And if you are stuck with those four and you ditch Aaron Nola, what are you going to use to pitch? And your bullpen has been absolute crap for the last couple of years. Did nothing to help that in, in um, free agency. You're relying on guys that were injured last year to come back. I mean, it's just not. It's a, it's too big of a gamble for uh, for Arenado. In my opinion, You're, you may in be able opinion, to get Arenado is the closest you're thing to be a sure thing MVP candidate as we've seen in the past. You're going to be able to get a lot of runs and hits, but are you going to be able to sustain it and keep the lead? I don't know. Arenado is a 200 hit guy with like 35 plus home runs and in my opinion, pitching wins. Year. In my opinion, pitching wins a lot of most times. I mean, this past year, you can argue well the Astros had pitching, but like the Nationals did too. They had Scherzer and they have um, Patrick Corbin. Strasburg. Strasburg. Uh, pitching, in my opinion, trumps a lot of big-name batters a lot of times. And pitching is huge in this league. Something you can't forget about. Yeah. All right. If you think Aaron Nola is the guy, like cool. I'm glad you guys have an ace that you like. It's not if it was if it was Strasburg, if it was Scherzer, I'd still say the same thing. If it was even Patrick Corbin, I would say the same thing. You wouldn't trade Patrick Corbin for Nolan Arenado. With the same situations the Phillies have, like if it was just Aaron Nola was on the Nationals and we had Patrick Corbin right now, yeah. Because you need right. pitching. We wouldn't have any pitching. All right, I'm calling it on this conversation. We would have one pitcher. I'll give you David Price. That That's <laughs> that's more reasonable. That, mm, you're saying if I had David Price, would I trade it for Arnado? Yeah, is that what you mean? Is that what you no, mean? No, I'm saying you guys can have David Price if you want him, if you guys are that desperate for, for pitching. <laughs> that's uh, not much of a help. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't help a whole lot. Dude could have been a 2018 World Series MVP. <laughs> We'll move on. Let's get into the preseason previews because we don't have a lot of time left. We've got about 10 minutes left with you guys on the first episode of Every Dude's Fantasy Part 2. Baseball, baby. Gotta love it. Preseason preview. Let's start with the... We're already talking about it. The NL East. Let's start in the NL East. Who's going to win the NL East? Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta's going to win the NL East. They are very stacked. Their pitching's always concerned me. Okay, so like I hate to throw, I hate to go back to another point, but you're telling me that the Atlanta team with good hitting is winning and getting like going to like be successful in the playoffs, probably be a World Series contender this year with Mike Fultonevich as their number one. And I get Hamels, but that's I hate hate to do this because we've moved on. Wait, what did you say? I'm sorry. I said they did sign Cole Hamels. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um I don't know, man. How's their, bull- how's their bullpen, like, at least decent? I hate to do this because we've already moved on from the t- uh, from the point. But if the Phillies were to do an Aaron Nolte for Nolan Arenado trade, and you pit the Phillies against the Braves, and the number ones against the number ones, that's Zach Wheeler against Mike Fultonevich as the number ones against each other. Uh, that's not the- no, Wait, 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 wait. The- You're saying Fultonevich is their number one? Who was it, Tehran? Uh, Soroka. Yeah, Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka. Dude, have you ever seen this kid pitch? He's amazing. And he's like 24. Yeah. Last, is he, how old is he? 22, he's 22. 22 years old. Last year's statistics were 13-4, 268 ERA, mm. uh, 142 strikeouts. I think you're overlooking this uh, this this Braves rotation. Fulton Average is all right. Soroka's great. 
Um, and I think Julio Tehran is still very good. Um, I think he's good. I think Julio Tehran defines good. I would yeah. say very good. I think he's a that's the one pitcher good. I'm always fine with the Phillies playing against because he always does good against. They always do good against him, but for some reason I don't know. But then they have Hamels again. So and they have Sean Newcomb. You know they have a lot of they have a lot of options here, and I think that's still a better rotation than what the Phillies would have if they would trade. I agree. Aaron Nola. They have more so, they, yes. So let's move on to the um, the NL West because we were talking about him earlier. Who's going to come out of the NL West? So who do you think is going to win the NL East? The NL East? Yeah. You didn't put it in your say, your projection. Um, it's probably the Braves. I mean, it's tough to say because, I mean, the Nationals won the World Series last year. It's really tough to say right. who's going to win. they're without Rendon. Yeah, they had Wendell, and but like you know, Juan Soto could be that next big, like that huge guy. He already is. I, I'll, I'll I'll call and I'll say the Braves. Um, big poker guy, you're in your poker energy right now. <laughs> I call. Let's move out. Let's just do the NL Central for now. Uh, we'll just continue moving west in the NL, and then we'll circle back around to the AL. Um, the NL Central. Who I think is going to win the NL Central? Um, the Cardinals. I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, okay, they've given up on the Marcelo Zuna experiment. Um, pretty sure Paul Goldschmidt's on his. Do they? When they got Paul Goldschmidt, right? And they got him from the uh, Diamondbacks. Was he on the last year of his contract? He's somebody who I've not been paying close enough attention to because he's a big name that everyone sort of forgets who is on the Cardinals currently. Um, no, he agreed. He signed there last year He's er, uh, to a five-year, $130 million contract. Okay. Mm. That's not even that big. I'm surprised that was kind of that small of a contract. He didn't have a great year last year, to be fair. Um, but he's somebody who's hanging around for the time being. Um, they're pitching. Jack Flaherty is a great pitcher. Um, you know, they've got some pieces out there. I'm not sure if they're going to win it just because we've been talking so much about what the Reds can do and you still got yeah. um, the Brewers out there and Christian Yelich is still in this division. All of a sudden, this has become a division that's sort of stacked. This and the AL Central. The Reds sort of become, a, you know, that pick that's kind of just like... You know, they're fun to they're fun to ride with for the time being, just because of all the moves that they're making. But I, I'm still gonna have to stick with the Brewers, um, just because of Christian Yelich. You've got the MVP, and it's so the, odd because you look at these standings from last year. The run differentials are pretty striking. The Cardinals are plus 102. That's crazy. The Cubs are plus 97. Guess what the Milwaukee Brewers run differential was? Like plus 10. Three, <laughs> they were plus three, and I think that has a large, large implications as to how big they missed um, Christian Yelich in the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not to say they would get he would produce um, ninety more runs, Ooh, sorry, but but I re- but I really think that um, he'll come back and help a lot. But I would have to agree with the Brewers on this one. Yeah, give me a Brewer crew, safest safest bet. Yeah, simply because St. Louis failed on that experiment with Marcelo Zuna. I honestly thought after Jeter traded away Yelich, Stan, and Ozuna that Ozuna was going to complete the trifecta of that Marlins outfield to win MVPs elsewhere. <laughs> I was really hoping that would happen. Um, but let's keep moving out west. We'll go to the NL West. I will say, division. if the Cubs get Arenado, it could change a lot. It would change a lot. We'll have, lot to revisit this. we'll have to revisit this in a little while. Um, we'll obviously revisit this next week because so much stuff can still happen. Um 
the NL West, obviously, the landscape of this could change depending on where Mookie Betts gets traded. Currently, the way I'm looking at things, um, the landscape wouldn't tra- change a lot. It would change. Uh, it would just further the sure of surification that the Dodgers would win it. But if he if he lands in San Diego, not this year. They were still 36 games back last year, finishing out in last place. Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Mookie Betts. I wouldn't Hosmer. say it would happen like in a snap. <laughs> All right. If Betts goes to the Dodgers, you can just say the Dodgers are going to. Oh, yeah. They could even win the World Series next year. I think it's about time they win the World Series, but I think we're all in agreement that we're just going to take the Dodgers the way things stand right now. <laughs> Look out for the Padres in a few years. A few if Mookie Betts were to go to the Padres, like, that's a tempting pick. Um, San Francisco signed your boy Gabe Kapler. Ugh. We don't know what that. Dude, hey, the Dodgers are going to reach an extension with Pablo Sandoval, the GOAT. They signed their contract <laughs> last night. The Dodgers, the Giants are going to wind up being the worst team in the league. They're going to be worse than the worse Marlins. than the Orioles and the Marlins. I think the Orioles are forever be the worst team in the league so far. They've got that nah, catching prospect. I think, that they got I think, I think they'll come back soon enough. I mean, they're not a team that's always been bad. They've had their years where they can come back. I think they'll be fine, but yeah. maybe not this year. Maybe in a couple of years. But I, I do agree with the Padres. In within the next three years, I think they'll be a for real contender. All right. Um, we're getting close to running out of time, so I'm going to say for now, um, we'll go through the AL real quick. We'll take our picks. we got another show coming in for you guys um, right after this one, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to go out and get those guys out in the hall in just a few minutes, but um, the AL lease is going to be a fun one. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Yankees, just simply because I don't think Betts will be in Boston anymore. And I'll, take the, yeah, I'll take the Yankees, too. I'll take the Yankees. Yankees. I, as much Sox, as it pains me. Rays. I think the Rays regressed because they lost guys like uh, Travis D'Arnaud and uh, Eric Sogard. Yeah. yeah. Fam. But their pitching still so stellar. It is that, sick, that isn't one, it? One, two, three pen, punch with Snell. And it's not even guys Morton, who expect Charlie Moore in last now. Dude. Yeah, don't think about glass now. Can we? Just, I want to take one second to just appreciate <laughs> what Hein Bloom and the Tampa Bay Rays did to the Pittsburgh Pirates and that glass now deal for Chris Archer. They got glass now and Austin Meadows for Chris Archer, who now sports like a like an ERA over five consistently every year. And you look at what Tampa Bay has now, genius, absolutely genius. And I, you know, poor Pittsburgh. Um, but all right, we're in agreement on the Yankees. The AL Central, um, Minnesota was a hundred. 100 win team last year. Cleveland is sort of, I don't really know what they're doing currently. They're sort of like resetting. Um, so I'll take Minnesota. They were 93 and 69 last year, still, which yeah. is pretty insane. And they just, the they just fill out of the wild card spot. Uh, I'm going to agree, though. I'll take Minnesota. That's uh, what the Lindor move is. Sox could be a contender, but more if of a Lindor, wild card. If Lindor stays, I'll say. They have a better chance of winning, but I think that it's still going to be done. The White Sox are kind of making moves left and right. We don't know what they could be. It's still too early to send for the division. Maybe in a few years. Let's move out to the AL West. Um, this is interesting because if Houston isn't cheating, I think Oakland. Baby. Oakland. I I I'd re- be really tempted to take Oakland. They finished ten games back in the top spot last year. That's because Houston had 107 wins. That's monstrous. But until I um, see something physically changes, I'm going to have to stick with Houston right. No, it's kind of a coin flip, but I'm gonna have to stick with Houston for the moment. Too much time talent. Being. Yeah. Give me the strokes. So that's gonna wrap it up for today. Um, we got another show coming in here for you. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's a show about the Yankees, so you might want to tune uh, get off the air real quick. Oh, it's about the Mets. My apologies. Um, 
But we're going to transition over to that show real quick. And um, it's good to see. Uh, this is Every Dude's Fantasy, and you guys know we had Steven Durr and Max Tanzer on the uh, show last week. Maybe if you guys would like to say a word, Durr, if you want to get a word in, just to say hi to everyone. I miss you guys. You guys Aww. are great. But New York, take a walk. You guys should still tune in. Um, Yankees, Mets, and all MLB news. It's going to be a phenomenal show, so we'll switch over uh, to that show in a few minutes. That starts at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. Uh, 